Hello again. Hello. Welcome back to Prosecco Theory. Here we are. This is not normal. This is not how we sound. I don't know what's happening. I rounded up some new listeners for us yesterday. Thank you. At our softball team end of the season party. Perfect. (laughs) I was telling some dads about the content episode and they decided they wanted to watch or watch. Listen, they decided they wanted to listen. I was like, what were you showing them? I don't know. I had a lot of drinks by then. (laughs) Kept it together, though. It was a kid included event, so... Well, kept getting booze as housewarming presents. So. What are you supposed to do? What are you going to do? I mean, I you have to share a glass with the person who brings it for you, right? Absolutely do. It's only polite. Right. I have a question. Yes, ma'am. Have you been talking to anybody new on the apps? Little bit on the apps, a little bit not on the apps. What? That happens? In real life. I I know. I don't understand. Sometimes I just want to reach out and touch this person and make sure he's real. (laughs) (laughs) He still is. I'm I'm still laying some groundwork, though. I don't know where that's going to go. Okay, fair enough. I ask because I am back on those apps. (laughs) Again. The guy that let her cry at the bar didn't work out. Unfortunately, that did not work out. Yeah, that was a bummer. Sorry, man. It is what it is. So we've gotten through the several weeks of a whole lot going on and... Mm-hmm. Now I've got some time to fill. So I Plus, figured summer's coming. That's right. Summer's always fun. To what like... do they call winter cuffing season? <laughs> Have you never about? heard that? No. Oh my God. I it's... know that I like to hibernate and get in my bed at 530 during the winter because sure. I'm freezing, but. Sure. But like you might want to do that with someone. You like cuffing, cuffing. season? You like you find someone to have a relationship with for the winter. You like cuff yourself to a person. That's metaphorically. horrible. Well, yes, for you, that would be horrible. <laughs> Anyway. This sounds like very smothering. Okay. It might not be the best name. It just means get yourself a relationship for the winter months when no one's going out and doing stuff. I mean, relationship is a flexible word. We've discussed that. Yes. Had some winter situationships before. I do like the word situationship. That's a fun one. Anyway, I was thinking about this because I had a dude that I was talking to for three minutes, probably, (laughs) or a day, but it was four different texts back and forth, ask me for my phone number really quickly, right, without having any basis of conversation at all. Mm -hmm. And and I genuinely want to ask them, why do you want that? I think I would know what they would say. Let's role you, play. What would you Ask say? Me. Okay. Okay, I'm going to start. Hey, girl. Hey. I like your picks. Oh, thanks. Which one's your Seems favorite? Like we I have don't so say that. much in common. <laughs> cool. What are you up to this weekend? This is really how it goes. Yeah, it's this banal. Is that a word? That's a word. Okay. Well, I've got my kids this weekend, so we'll, you know, do so blah, blah, blah. So not fucking you. Sorry. Right. So what about you? Anything fun? Oh, yeah. You know, hiking a mountain, and then I'm going to go snowboarding, and then I'm going to play a round of golf, and then I'm going to go... You know, take a nap. Yeah. <laughs> Dick. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to do some really outdoorsy stuff sure, and perfect. take a picture with me holding a fish and put sure. it on my profile. Obviously. So, yep. um, you want to just give me your phone number so we can get off this app? Why? Well, if I met you in real life and we were chatting and flirting, I would ask you for your phone number. Sure. If I met you at a bar. Yeah. So why mm-hmm. can't I ask you for your phone number here? Hmm. Okay. <laughs> I struggle. I know. I know. I'm just saying that's what I think they would say. I think they would be like, yeah, but if we were flirting at a a bar and I was like, hey, can I get your number? That wouldn't bother you. Interesting. Well, I've never had anybody say that specifically. But is that true, though? Like if you were if we were out flirting with some nice young gents and one of them said like, hey, can I get your number so I can call you sometime? If I was into it? Yes, exactly. Yeah. But on an app, you're like, why do you think you're entitled to that? Because how do I even know that that person's who they say they are? How do you know that someone in a bar is who they say they are? Okay, fair. 
But at least if I'm looking at a person, I can see what they look like. I can see, do they have foreheads? Are they holding a gun? Are they? Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, any of this shit. Well, um, they're not going to be packing in a bar either. <laughs> I'm just saying that online. Unless you're in Texas. <laughs> oh, yeah. Online, anybody can say they're anybody. You don't know. What you're saying is you're more cautious online. I am. A bar is a much safer place than the World Wide Web. <laughs> <laughs> Frankly, yes, it is, actually. I just feel like there's no conversation that we can't have on, so let's say Bumble, for instance, you can text through Bumble and now you can do like video calls. I actually did one last night. It is more annoying though, because if you want to be notified, like you get notified when you have a text, you have to turn on your push notifications. So if you're actively dating, you're going to have those on anyway. You're constantly getting like Bumble, Bumble, Bumble flashing up on your phone every five seconds. Sorry, dude. If you put my phone number into Google or my name, far too much information comes back about me. And I'm not ready to like hand that shit over. And immediately without having even met somebody, there have been times where I've broken that rule. And for the most part, it's been fine, because I've already had a good conversation with somebody and gotten a vibe. Sure. A lot of shit, honestly, with dating in general comes down to what's the vibe? Totally. What's your gut, which we have an episode on. (laughs) But I, the ones that I don't understand, like if I've been talking to somebody for four days, and they you know, we have some plans to go out or whatever, and they're actually communicating and showing me that they can carry a conversation, I'm going to be more inclined to feel okay about it than if it's the fourth thing that you text You know who probably carries a real good conversation? Who? Ted Bundy. I bet you would have given him your phone number. (laughs) He was very intelligent. Okay, fuck off. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I know what you mean. I I think you are more cautious about it than I am. I definitely won't, like, third message give it up. Well, that's the thing. That's what they're doing, though. They're asking. It's like, hey, hey, how are you? Fine. How are you? Can I have your number? No. Who's going to do that? But I I know. That's what I'm saying. I had that happen last week. What I'm saying is I think you will typically go further, though. Wait longer than I will. Yes. That was my reason for bringing it up. You're more, you have more of an online presence than I do. True. One time I was dating a guy who does private security for a living. Mm -hmm. He was like, it is kind of hard to find shit about you online because you don't have much of an online presence. All he could find was some like presentations from work that I had done. But because I'm not on like Facebook or Instagram or anything like that. That's what he does for a job. And you still couldn't find much. I am less cautious than you are, but I'm also like not going to give it out after two minutes of messaging. Right. What's interesting is that for the most part, if you do Google me, you don't get my, well, I'm sure the social media profiles come back, but like I've got those because those all have their own privacy settings and everything. Those are locked down. Oh, anyone can get into those if they really want to. I don't know, actually. I'm sure... That's what I've been told by people that I know who are police officers and stuff like that. When you say anyone can get into those, that's false. If somebody knows what they're doing and really wants to get into them, then they they can... Or they have enough money, then they could probably hack something. But it's not like Joe Schmo on the street can just see my entire Facebook or my entire Instagram. I have those locked down. But... You know, I've owned a house for a long time and that shit's public record. Yep. You know, you have my phone number. You can find a lot of other things. So I'm going to go ahead and not so, give it to you until I've met you in person and see that you're not crazy. Or at least not on the I, first date. I hear that. <laughs> I mean, and this is the idea for this episode, too, is that I tend to believe that people think that they are doing so much to protect their privacy. And it's not like, what's the point? But... 
you can be fooled into thinking that you're doing, not even fooled, you can fool yourself Mm -hmm. into thinking that you're so conscientious and careful, but there's so much that you can't control. For example, on this website, safety.com, they were talking about this study. The average American is filmed by security cameras over 230 times a week. That's a lot. Yeah. So here's like the example breakdown Mm -hmm. they gave about 14 times in your own neighborhood, probably doorbell cameras. Everybody's got a ring now. 160 times while driving, Mm -hmm. traffic cams and stuff. 40 times while at work because of building security and stuff. And then 24 times while you're running errands or shopping or something like that. Yeah. So you are on camera, on camera, on camera. Another article I read said probably more than 50 times a day. Yeah. I don't know what this says about me or if I just haven't thought about it very much, but that bothers me a lot less than some random person being able to find out where I live. I mean, it is public records. I know. (laughs) People that, and I just know this because of work, but people that are like celebrities or Mm -hmm. athletes or, you know, famous for one reason or another, they often don't hold title to real property in their own name. They'll create some kind of trust, a trust or an LLC or something like that and have a fiduciary hold title for them because they don't like Marshawn Lynch doesn't want people Googling where he lives. It is public record. Right. Well, and to that end, because we were talking about this, and I was like doing some reading about it, I ended up opting out of every people search website I could find. Uh I found an article, I will share the link in the show notes by (laughs) commando.com. Doesn't sound like what you think it It, is. No, it's not that kind of commando. K-O-M-A-N-D-O. They have a really concise article that talks about what to look for with your online presence. And they have links to basically every major people search engine mm-hmm. to help you opt out, like takes you directly to the page. So I just went through and did them all this morning. Yeah. I encourage all of you to do the same. Do you ever think about though, if somebody was to get information about me, and obviously, we're talking about something besides cyber theft, you know, where they're trying to get your account number. But what information about you do you like, what do you have to hide? You know, do you have skeletons that you're, I'm not asking you, I'm just saying like, in general, um, if people start to panic about this, right, you know, there's this endless debate about like, well, how much information about you should the government have? Because some people think it's a major infringement on your privacy. And then some people think, well, they have this data because they're using it for national security to protect us. And so where do you draw the line? A lot of people will say, well, I don't really have anything to hide. So what the fuck ever, you know, keep me safe. I don't care. And quite frankly, that's me. Like I am not somebody who is scared of Big Brother and, you know... You're not living off the grid using a solar panel to power your shack in the desert? Right. I feel very differently about the government having information about me than I do about strangers just in the world. I think I'm one of those people that's like, I have nothing to hide. I haven't done anything wrong. I'm not worried about the government having access to, I mean, I don't know what all they you have don't access have tin to. tinfoil on your windows? I do not have any tinfoil on my windows, <laughs> and I have zero tinfoil hats. <laughs> Although, actually, two Christmases ago, on Christmas Eve, we had a big like family dinner and had a few friends with us, too. And I'm not sure how it started or what happened, but we made this tinfoil hat that we all passed around, and we have a photo like a nine frame photo of each person, like the fucking Brady Bunch, wearing the tinfoil hat, making a stupid face. And it is one of my favorite things ever. Well, okay, so just playing devil's advocate here. 
how would you feel or how would you respond to somebody saying, God, you're so fucking naive. The whole principle of the government taking all this information about you, like, don't you watch The Handmaid's Tale? (laughs) Don't you know what can happen? I do. I do watch that. Some people would say, well, stop being sheep and protect yourself and your information. And I have enough shit to be anxious about in my life. I don't feel (laughs) like that's a necessary one for me right now. Okay. As it turns out, I'm not alone in that. There was a 2019 publication by the Pew Research Center that talks specifically about how Americans see this stuff, how they feel about their data being collected by different sources and for different purposes and in different ways. Who were the participants in this? study? Good question. These findings come from a survey of, it looks like, 4,272 U.S. adults conducted on the Pew Research Center's American Trans Panel between June 3rd and 17th in 2019. Nationwide. Okay. They're saying that Americans are more accepting of using personal data to help improve schools or assess potential terrorist threats, but are more wary of some other data uses. So in terms of the government collecting information about you... 49% said that two things were acceptable, poorly performing schools, sharing student data with a nonprofit, seeking to improve educational outcomes, and the government collecting data about all Americans to assess potential terrorist threats. Right behind that at 48% was DNA testing companies sharing customers' genetic data with law enforcement to help solve crimes, which is a big thing right now. They're using the familial DNA. That's how they caught the... um, Golden State Killer. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So then as you get down lower, 41% think that it's acceptable that fitness tracking app makers share user data with medical researchers to better understand the link between exercise and heart disease. 27% say it's acceptable for social media companies to monitor users' posts for signs of depression to identify users at risk for self-harm and connect them to counselors, Mm. which I've never actually heard of, but that would certainly be more okay with me than them monitoring my posts to sell me shit. Right. right? And then 25% said it's acceptable for smart speaker makers to share users' audio recordings with law enforcement to help criminal investigations. So the recordings get definitely dicey, right? Well, even just like your phone listens to you. Totally. You talk about something and then suddenly you're getting ads, you know, in your feed for that thing you were talking about. I'm not digging this laundry detergent smell anymore. I need something that's going to smell fresher than this. And suddenly Facebook's telling me about all the laundry detergent. I don't think you've ever said that sentence, but good example. Totally. So I, you know, not just online or through technology, but... I'm cautious about, like, for example, my kids were Girl Scouts for years, and we sell Girl Scout cookies. I'm a single mom with two daughters. Mm -hmm. I don't really want to go knock on all the doors in my neighborhood and be like, oh, hi, we're your neighbor. We live right over there. We're selling Girl Scout cookies. You know, like, to me, that's not really a safe thing to do. See my two sweet, cute little girls? We live right there. I mean, they're getting a little older now, so. I was thinking of when they were, like, daisies. (laughs) But, you know, I never wanted to be like, we live right there. Of you know, not. like, yeah. sure, I'll do a booth or something, which is also an interesting experience. Yeah, in we've Seattle. had some special mm-hmm. interactions. So it's not just an online thing. I mean, I feel like most everything we have said so far, except for the dating stuff, has been security, trying to maintain your privacy so that you can be safe. Mm-hmm. What about just the principle of having privacy? Like we talked about this a little bit in our episode where we talked about fame yeah. and people that are famous right. and what happens when they lose all sense of privacy. 
I was thinking about this talking to someone the other day, because when I first started working at this office that I'm at now, a lot of the people that were there were significantly further along in their careers and closer. So they were older. (laughs) I don't think I'm supposed to use that term. I did it. (laughs) Anyway, they were of a different generation and they never talked about their families and stuff very much. And then when they took a day off, they didn't say what they were doing or if they had an appointment or they were going on vacation or whatever. And there was no Instagram post, so you know where they went. Yeah, so they would just (laughs) be like, just to remind everyone, I'm going to be out of the office on Monday. And everyone would just be like, okay, thanks for the heads up. Mm -hmm. And people of our generation. Where are you going? What you doing? Yeah. Are you having surgery? What's it on? We're we're just used to being like, is it for fun? Like, what are you doing? But They just didn't do that. That was a boundary that you didn't cross. You know, they never really brought their families into the Mm -hmm. office. There was a big separation of work and personal, and they were very pleasant to work with. It just wasn't done. People don't do that so much anymore. There's so much blending of work and personal life that it was interesting for me. I had to adjust to it. I've never really thought about it that way because I haven't worked in that kind of environment. So that's interesting. Obviously, in that situation, it wasn't protection for security purposes. No, but those personal boundaries. Valuing your privacy. I actually would like to, and I'm going to formally announce right this minute, that we will be doing an entire episode on boundaries. I would love to talk about that at some point. But I do think it plays in really well here. I mean, the way that I am, you all know me. (laughs) Like real well. uh, Exactly. (laughs) Which is why it's surprising. You won't give out your phone number. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Okay, maybe. But, you know, single mom, kids at home. I have an alarm. You know, I feel comfortable in my space. Mm -hmm. But I also don't want to have to think about who might be. And this all sounds like I think people are out there stalking me like I'm some hot shit or something. That's not what I'm saying. I I just. Here's the thing, though, is that. Nervous. You can't be too naive. Right. And yet I will admit that I've definitely gone into some situations in the dating world. Oh, me too. You know, like (laughs) have dinner and then you end up having like a nightcap at their house or something. Remember the time I thought you were dead? Oh God, do we have to rehash (laughs) that? (laughs) But it doesn't sound very safe. Like if something would have happened to me in that situation, probably people would have instantly gone to like... Victim blaming? What the fuck were you thinking? It was the first time you met this person. That's victim blaming. But if it turns out fine, then it's just a fun story to share with your friends. I'm glad that you brought that up because... I really think part of this plays into the idea that women have to be so goddamn careful because we are held responsible for things that happen to us. There is victim blaming. There is, you know, quote, slut shaming. There is all this stuff. She was sexually assaulted. What was she wearing? That kind of shit, right? And so obviously that's a different level than this. But I think that because those things exist, women tend to be more hyper aware of the need for that security and maybe are a little more scared of things like giving out their phone number so somebody could find their address. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I see what you're saying. No matter what the chances are that something could happen, you're supposed to be smart and not put yourself in that situation. But the reality is that when you're out being social, whether you're like out with your friends at a bar or you're on a date or whatever, Mm -hmm. You make decisions in the moment based on oh, how you gut feel. Feelings. Yeah. And you would hope that by the time you're sadly as experienced as we are dating, <laughs> 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 that you would have good radar, you know, right. for something like that. 
some would say you can't be too careful. Mm, I wouldn't say that. I guess I would say I think there's a difference between valuing privacy for security purposes and valuing privacy just because you don't want all your shit out there for everyone to know. We were talking about how you are an open book. Mm -hmm. You share things with people. You're totally willing to be vulnerable. I am a little bit more closed up than that. Mm -hmm. Some of it honestly is a privacy thing. I just value my privacy like... If I'm having a party, let's just say, like, I don't need everybody on Facebook to know who I'm hanging out with or whatever, you know, like that's information that you can have if I choose to give it to you, you know, it doesn't have to be public. There's a lot of different facets to privacy and protecting privacy. Absolutely. Do you remember that documentary or something that we watched and everybody was talking about? Oh, yeah. The Social Dilemma? Yes. And uh-huh. everyone was like, oh, my God, I'm, you know, deleting all my social media. My blah, eyes blah, blah. have been opened. So we expected to be blown, blown away. away and shocked. And we watched it and we were like, huh, pretty much stuff we felt like we already knew. Yeah. So I do think that there was some insight into kind of how that stuff works and happens and industry insiders were interesting to listen to yeah but I don't feel like I learned anything brand new like I know that I'm the product right I'm the commodity I know that they are selling me to make money from advertisers right I know that I can't believe there were people that didn't know that I can. Well, I guess that's true. I don't know. There's a lot of naivety out there. I also think it's naive to think that because you have a setting on any social media account that says my account is private, that somebody can't get into that. Sure. But like I said before, it's not like anybody can get into that. They'd have to fucking work because I do have it on private and things are locked down and I've deleted old things. Somebody can't just Google you and get into that for sure. Exactly. On that topic... You know how every time you download a new app, there's like a privacy policy? Yeah. Have you ever read one of those? No. I don't think I have either. You click the button that says I agree so you can just keep moving. I think I've maybe read a first paragraph of them, but you have to scroll for 14 miles on your phone and then you get to the I accept. like size two font. (laughs) Yeah. Nobody reads that shit. So part of this report from the Pew Research Center was talking about that and it says fully 97% of Americans say they are ever asked to approve privacy policies, yet only about one in five adults overall say they always, 9%, or often, 13%. Read a company's privacy policy before agreeing to it. Did you say one in five? One in five say that they either always or often do. But that surprises me, frankly. I I agree with that. However, I read a little further and it talked about only about 20% of those people actually read the entire thing. Okay. Exactly. Okay. So that's what, 4%? Yeah. Total? They're so opaque and they're so long and nobody has that kind of attention span anymore. I mean... Let's talk about what really happens in court, though. (laughs) If you're litigating over something like that, it's just sort of like if you sign some kind of medical release waiver, right? That doesn't completely absolve you. If something egregious happens, there's usually a reasonableness test applied, right? Yeah. If the court thinks that you had no idea of knowing that by signing this document, you would not have any recourse and you'd be exposing yourself to this terrible thing that happened, then they're probably going to say, fuck that document. It doesn't right. mean anything. Yep. The case can proceed, basically. And mm-hmm. and you have exposure for this liability. Remember when you're a kid and you'd go jump on the trampoline at a friend's house and parents 
parents would make your parents sign like a waiver <laughs> for like if you broke your arm, you wouldn't sue them or uh-huh. whatever. That does not hold up. That was before they had like the nets around them and the spring mm-hmm. covers. I mean, I'd always get pinched in those springs. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> you got a leg that goes right through between them. <laughs> Hurt like hell. Try to do a flip and like land on your neck. I'm surprised I'm not paralyzed. I'm surprised half of our generation isn't, <laughs> frankly. There's a lot of formality in all of those things, but you're right. They don't hold up because it's not reasonable to expect someone to, number one, read all that. Number two, understand all that. Well, that's why, like... Number three, remember all that. When I just click through that shit, my attitude is kind of like, and I don't mean to be so cavalier, but I'm kind of like, this means nothing. You know, like... I agree. If something really terrible happens, like, this document doesn't mean shit. Because every juror or judge or whatever is going to be like, yeah, no, no one reads that shit. (laughs) Exactly. Because it's the reasonable assumption these days. And that's really what it's all based on. It's one piece of ammo in litigation Mm -hmm. is what it is. Yep. I was thinking about some of the stuff that I've read about, like Instagram's privacy policy and all that. I think they've changed this, but it was controversial that, you know, you agree to their privacy policy, you put stuff up on their platform, and then they own it. They can use it for whatever they want. And maybe that was if your account was public, not private. I can't remember. But, you know, you put pictures of your kids up there. You put pictures of your house up. And then all of a sudden that stuff's online and they can use it for advertising or it's just available. What? I mean, that's concerning. And I will say that for years I have carried two cell phones. One is a work phone. One is a personal phone. And I always have people ask me why I carry two phones. Why don't you just use your work phone? Your work pays for it, whatever. And I'm like, Uh uh-uh. Everything on this phone, my work owns. Like I am not giving them my nudie pics. <laughs> no, those are definitely just for me and right. whoever I share them with. Exactly. But honestly, if I take pictures of my kids or anything else mm-hmm. on that phone, all that content belongs to them. If I'm getting into my bank account on that phone mm-hmm. or doing other things with it, downloading apps and using the apps and content is stored through like cookies or I don't know if that works like that on a cell phone like it does on a PC. But regardless, (laughs) any fucking thing on that phone belongs to my company. Right. I'm not fucking doing that. I do all my personal shit on my personal phone. So many people that I work with, they just use their work phone as their phone. I would never do that because you're basically giving a key to the locked door Mm -hmm. of your phone to your company and saying you can come in anytime you want. Right. There is some shit that I Google that no one else needs to see. (laughs) Oh, we all do that. Yeah, don't do that on your company's property. Uh -uh. Or even like shit that we're talking about. I'm like, ooh, I don't know. That sounds crazy. I'll Google it. You know, I don't want that history on my work phone. No, And nothing on the internet is ever deleted. I was just telling my daughter this the other day. I'm so glad that this shit was not around when I was a kid. Can you imagine the videos? I have some VHS tapes of myself still. (laughs) VHS. Oh, yeah. You know, I don't even have a way to play them anymore, which is probably for the best. Don't worry. No one can play them. Right. But I can't even imagine Oh my God, how embarrassing. Like the stuff that we got into as teenagers, you know, when I started drinking and sneaking out of the house a little bit. And I think I did that like twice, mom, don't worry. Um. (laughs) Well, and you always read articles about young kids and young adults are so used to trying to get the perfect shot for social media Mm -hmm. and stuff. Like, 
there's people who fucking fall off the Grand Canyon trying to take a picture also of themselves, you know, to put on Instagram. Yeah. There's all kinds of shit that happens. Or where... you don't get a job because there's yeah. something online. You put some dumb shit online and then you go to get a job and everything you've ever done is available for everyone to see. And I've talked and to fucked. people who do that, you know, yeah. they're a hiring manager or work in HR. And they look on social media. They will look mm-hmm. before they hire you, especially if the position is particularly sensitive in some way. And what you post online can prevent you from being employed. And I don't know how you get young adults to understand the consequences of that. Well, there's no real precedent for it yet. I mean, there is, but barely. And you may not know that that is the reason that you didn't get a job. That's true. You know what I'm remembering, circling back to the beginning of this conversation, and I think I might have talked about this on a prior episode. I know I did. Remember when I did swap numbers with somebody that I was going to go on I a date gonna with? I was going to bring that up. Yeah. He knew your last name. He knew my last your name. Your married last name. Right. My former last name from when I was because married. Because he Googled your fucking phone number and he found out information about you. Well, for a while, I just assumed that it was somebody who like knew someone who knew me or something when I was married. So I was trying to Piece figure out what the connection could be. And then you were like, hey, look what comes up yeah, when I, I Googled your, your number, phone number. First fucking hit had your married name. And this guy was clearly just a dick because he was right. trying to Scare intimidate you. me. And he did freak me out exactly. a little by using my full name. Like That was really unsettling for he you. He didn't like the way that I responded to him about something. And so he said, oh, okay. And I really love entitled people. Yeah, <laughs> they're the best. Fortunately, that's probably all he could come up with unless he wants to look at some boring work presentations. <laughs> Maybe he'll learn something. Possibly. I mean, that's what they're there for. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so since you brought it back to dating, I did find an article, a Mozilla privacy report on dating apps that looked at 24 different apps and 21 of them were tagged in the report with the privacy not included warning label, which is not a great outcome. Wow. Yeah, it looks like by far Grinder is the worst, which means that we don't need to worry yeah, about it. Yeah, you and I would not be on that app. Right. For those who don't know, Grinder is the most popular gay male dating app, I believe. And this is fucked up. It says in the past, Grinder shared users' HIV status with third parties. Really? What the Fuck. Wait, why are people putting their HIV status in Grinder? Granted, I've never been on Grinder because I am not a gay male, but I do think that it's a more common piece of information about yourself to share in that demographic. Wow, sir. Okay. Yeah. And in the present, Grinder continues to share other user data like location with third parties. It also says plenty of fish is also creepy, mandating information like users' vehicle ownership and their parents' marital status. Now, I don't know if we disclosed this before, but when we did our experiment and we put ourselves on a profile together looking for a third, right? Yeah. Again, an experiment. Right. Unless you're a real good candidate, then email us. We haven't had anybody uh, (laughs) cut the mustard yet. Is that the saying? How old am I? I was going to say, if you're 70, that might be. Oh, my God. Anyway, we used Plenty of Fish for that. And it was bizarre. Well, because we were trying to use an app that neither of us had ever used before. And I felt very validated in never having had used it before. Because it was weird. It felt more like bottom of the barrel. And remember when we were setting up the profile? They asked for things like, 
Are you a middle child? You know, what kind of house did you grow up in? I mean, it was crazy. The shit that they asked, they asked for so much information. And I remember thinking, this is fucking weird. Well, maybe they're selling that information rather than really using it. Probably. Well, we got some interesting messages. Yes, we did. It made for very good podcast fodder. Okay. So on the other end of that spectrum, the three dating sites or apps that did not fall into that privacy not included label were eHarmony, Happen, H-A-P-P-N, which I've never heard of. Oh, I've heard of that one. Have you? Yeah. Oh, I have not. And Lex, which was apparently built for lesbian, queer, trans, and non-binary community. And that app collects minimal data and doesn't share any of it for marketing purposes. And their privacy policy is crystal clear. Something that I found funny about eHarmony's privacy policy was that it was one of the worst written we've ever seen. (laughs) Not only does it have spelling and grammar mistakes, but it also at one point refers to the wrong company. (laughs) (laughs) That's a total fucking, we took this other company's privacy policy and just plugged in the name eHarmony everywhere, but we missed one. (laughs) It says, which begs the question, would you trust your sensitive data to a dating app that can't even write their own privacy policy error-free? We wouldn't. Well, here's the thing is that I don't <laughs> normally read the privacy policy. Yeah, which, who would know? <laughs> I mean, I guess, especially on a dating app, I probably should, but... 96% just, of us We're just trying know. to get to swiping, you know? We just right? want to get to that place where we have to turn down people who want our phone numbers. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, I don't want another stalker. <laughs> <laughs> I have too many already. Did you know that Match Group... Which in the dating app world, obviously, is Match.com, right? Mm-hmm. Also owns OkCupid, Tinder, Hinge, and Plenty of Fish. Uh, no, I did not. Uh-huh. The Match Group controls about 25% of the dating app market. Wow. What in the fuck? I had no idea. <laughs> That's like when we found out that um, most of the porn sites are all owned by the same company. I know. Yeah. Well, I was kind of half expecting you to say that they owned... McDonald's. (laughs) No, a a porn company or something. Yeah, they're selling your profile pictures to to Pornhub. Well, again, I only use the good ones, so enjoy. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so here's another question. Yes. What about selling things or giving things away? Because Mm -hmm. obviously I just moved. So I've done a lot of like offer up and Craigslist, like trying to purge and get rid of things. Most of the time, I'm just like, okay, cool. When can you come pick it up? And sometimes people are like, well, I can come pick it up when I get off work or after my kid's soccer game or something. And it's evening. Maybe it's dark out. Maybe I'm home alone. You know, maybe Mm -hmm. the person needs to like come in and look at it because it's a big piece of furniture or something. There are definitely times where I have put something up for sale or for free and open my door and let a stranger in my house to come check something out that I'm trying to get rid of. It always does make me a little bit nervous. Yep. So I had this weird experience the other day. I'm actually just going to read it to you. Oh, okay. Story time. I got this message from somebody. It said, is this item still available? Mm Mm-hmm. 11 minutes later, they messaged me again, just question mark, question mark, like, hello. And I hate that shit. That is, again, entitlement. I just replied and said, yes. And then they said, okay, I got your post, but for my safety, can I send you six digit number to make sure you are real? So then I was thinking like, oh, well, this person is worried about their safety. Maybe it's a single woman or mm-hmm. something that is like, am I going to be going into some stranger's house? You know, because it's, it's both ways, right? So I said, yes, of course. And then they said, check your phone for a message and show me the six digit number. So I got like a Google message 
and it had the Google logo and everything. And it was like Google verification ID and it had a six digit number. So I sent it back to them and they said, hold. And I replied, what? And they said, sorry. And they put my phone number in. This number having trouble to verifying, please send me another phone number. And then I was like, okay. Nope, we're done here. One minute later, are you there? And I said, I don't have a different phone number to give you. And I already provided the code. And of course, I'm thinking, God, I shouldn't have given them this code. What do they have access to my phone now or something? (laughs) Then they sent me another message that was my phone number again. And it said number verify problem. And then it said, you can use your friends or family's phone number. And I replied and I said, this interaction is not working out. Thank you for your interest. I have others who will take this item. Goodbye. And didn't hear back from them. But I'm like, this is interesting because they're basically reaching out to me saying, this is for my protection. It's like reverse psychology. Mm -hmm. So Sounds sketchy as hell. You know, enter in this information and I'll just verify that it's you. Mm -hmm. But I'm just wondering if it was some kind of program or something to try to get access to my phone. That sounds like a scam to me. Yeah. No, I've never heard of it. But I mean, again, this is sort of privacy and security going hand in hand. But don't you always feel a little weird about that kind of stuff? Of course. Lately, I've been saying if I can put it outside, I'll say, here's my address. It's outside. No need to come to the door or anything. If you like it, just take it. But they still have my address. Right. I'm a part of my neighborhood buy nothing group. Yeah. I feel like I've got a fairly good system down with that. And I, you know, I kind of go through phases of purging shit from my house and using that. But I also feel a little bit more comfortable because it's a vetted group. At least they have to say to the moderators, these are my cross streets. So I live in this neighborhood. But also, right? though, that's only if you want to give stuff away. Like, what yeah. if you have something nice that you want to sell? I have used Craigslist for this stuff, too, and I wasn't selling it, but I was giving away a really large couch that did not go yeah. on by nothing. You know, it's not something that I can move myself at all. Right. And it's not something that I can just like put out on the porch, right? Right. So whoever was going to come get it was going to have to haul it. But I was not comfortable saying, just come on in with me. Right. And it turns out that these guys, there were two guys and they were lovely. They were wonderful. But I had our friend Kelly and her husband come over and just be there with me. Right. I'm not going to be here alone for this. Hell no. I absolutely am not comfortable in that scenario. So I try to involve a third party that I know and trust or have it be something that I can just put outside. And then there's the flip side of the privacy that's not a security issue, but just a privacy issue because I'm not on buy nothing, but you were and I was trying to get rid of some furniture. Mm -hmm. So you put it on there for me. Oh, yeah. And I host and entertain a lot. So people who had been in my house. People who know you. That know me, that didn't know that I were moving. All of a sudden, as soon as you put it on by nothing, it's like ding, ding, ding. Yeah. I'm getting texts from people. Yep. You're moving? You're moving? Because you put on your post like... My friend. My friend who's not on by nothing is Well, even if I hadn't said my friend, they would have recognized your dining room. I instantly was like... This was a mistake. You know, it's not like it's a big deal that a lot of people know that I'm moving. But God, you just saw my furniture on an app and you're like, where are you moving? What are you doing? And these are people that are friends. I don't know why. I think I just I'm more private. So I'm not used to people being like, I know something about you. Right. Tell me more about it. It's unnerving, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. so I have a question. Yes. So I'm curious how you reconcile this. You specifically. Yes. What you were just saying. 
And then the idea of divulging on a dating app profile from the get-go that you have a podcast and then people ask and you tell them and, yeah. and then they have this window into your life, which again, you don't share as much as I do here, but it's still a lot of information about you as a person, not like where to find you and right. who you actually are, but right because I'm not comfortable doing that. So I'm curious how... No, it's funny. It's like backwards. I know, Right. I, so what I is think that? that this is an intentionally public forum. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're trying to get more listeners. That's we're true. <laughs> trying to get people to listen to us. And so, you know, it's... Yet an, you don't want to tell people to tell their friends and rate and review and subscribe. <laughs> That's like inviting someone to a fucking Tupperware party. <laughs> so, right. you know, to me, it's like, well, I am putting this out there for the public to consume. So why hide it? It's a completely public forum where I'm saying, hey, everybody, come listen to me and Michelle shoot the shit and drink. You know, I also feel like I'm pretty authentically myself and honest on here. In a way, it's almost like, should you feel so inclined? It's a good fucking way to get to know me. Absolutely. I've actually said that to people before, but I don't put it out there immediately. I think only once have I shared it before I actually met the person. By putting it out there, like, you know, my dating profile says parent, professional, coach, podcast host. Yeah, but then they're gonna ask. Yeah, I know. But it's not like I have the website on my (laughs) profile. That would be hilarious. Can you just do that? If people want to ask, that's fine. Because again, this is something I do every week. So Mm. I put time into it. Totally. It's very public. Well, and it's curated. We decide what we want to talk about and we edit out things that we don't like. There is definitely shit that gets edited out that we're like, oh, no, we can't say that. We're not actually this articulate, everybody. Well, we're like (laughs) stories that we're like, okay, that probably shouldn't be for the general public to consume because we do have jobs and we do (laughs) co-parent and there's stuff that maybe is a little more sensitive. And and we have like one scruple left between us. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Yeah. Barely. It's just, it's so interesting though, because I, I mean, I know what you're saying and I think you're right. I agree with all of that. And yet I still, being as open as I am, I'm not afraid of anyone hearing any of it because I am being authentic and I, I would tell them all of this to their face. Right. But there's something about the imbalance of information that sort of freaks me out. Like if I don't really know somebody mm-hmm. and they decide that they want to binge the podcast and they know basically everything about me, that sort of makes me nervous. It just feels like this, like I'm at a disadvantage. But I feel like we're making a choice here sure. to put all this stuff out there. So we know that it's available for yeah. public consumption. But I'm not doing consumption. this to try to find a date. I am on a dating app to <laughs> Is that try what you to think I'm doing date. here? No. <laughs> Megan, you're going about this wrong. I love you, but I'm not the one. I just, I don't know. I separate them still in my head. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't want information about my career or my kids or anything like that to be publicly available. Well, and we've both been really careful about those things. Yeah. So I would feel comfortable with someone coming and listening because this is just shit I would say to them over a drink or whatever. So, man, they would know all my stories. What would I even tell them over a drink? You know what? We still have more stories. I don't know. I've told most of them already. 58 episodes in. If somebody binged 58 (laughs) episodes before your first date, then that is officially stalker status. That is a big red flag. I appreciate your interest Mm -hmm. and your support. That's great. Thanks for the downloads. But no, thank you. I have actually, like, I can think of one guy in particular that I went out with. We're still, like, friendly. And yeah, I mean, it was really more of a location thing than anything because we 
decided to be adults and not try to take a ferry to see each other every mm. time we wanted to go out on a date. But um, that's when you need the shirt from Tee Public that says I don't commute exactly. to date. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But he still listens to the podcast. And every now and again, he'll Hi, text friend. me be like, Oh, I was listening to your podcast. And you know, it made me think of this thing or whatever. And mm-hmm. so it's like, it's cool. We're cool. He uh, just listens for entertainment. And if he doesn't want to, whatever. You know? Totally. And I don't disagree with anything you're saying. I just I have a hang up for myself about it, which is strange, given who I, I can am. see that. I don't know. Okay, anyway, we have other things to go do. That's right. So I think there are people here ready to hang out with us. I did already tell people to rate, review, and subscribe. And I mentioned Tea Public. And I think we talked a lot about social media. So I'm going to say we can call it. Please come buy our Tupperware. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. Cheers.